Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What is up, Waffle Gang? I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're covering some more r slash am I the butthole. If you love a Reddit story, why not click the subscribe button, maybe that notification bell too, and just a quick thank you to a couple of members, rejoins, and a new one from... Candence Harrison, thank you so much for your join. And Poppy Searchfield for your rejoin. Means the absolute world to me. Let's crack on. Crack on with today's stories. (laughs) Much love, guys. Now, our first story comes from Am I the Arsehole? Not sure now. Titled, Am I the Arsehole for Fighting to Gain My Handicap Accessible House from My Ex and a Disabled Daughter? I-32 male recently divorced my ex-33 female due to our coffee preferences. And there's a wee edit at the end which covers what that means. Despite having a solid marriage contract about property and finances, the court outright ignored it and awarded my family home to my ex. It's a five-bedroom house and I lived and maintained that I had modified for my then-stepdaughter who has a walking disability. Sure, I can afford to buy and build a house if I so desired, but I got that house from my father who got it from his father. My parents are not alive and I'm the only child, so the house holds a sentimental value. Well, I lawyered up, fought in the superior court and won, and now ex and her daughter have to leave because they cannot afford the legal fees and I'm not willing to go into any settlement now that I know the kind of person I was up against. Problem is, my friends, extended family and people who know about our family situation, they're calling me the bad guy for putting the daughter in a bad situation. Yes, our country does suck in making places accessible and my house was the one comfortable place she could be at. I could give that house and make a new one or buy one, but because of the sentimental value attached to the house, I was unwilling. They doubled down that I offered no financial assistance to my spouse out of obligation for being a man. They are all given moral arguments instead of legal ones and I for one do not see myself at fault. The ex is uploading videos of her daughter on how terrible a place she has to live in now that I stole my house. I feel conflicted. Edit. The coffee preference is a joke about how I do not like penises in my coffee, i.e. cheating. And my idiot self don't still quite understand that. I'm assuming assuming the ex actually cheated. (laughs) That's all I can get. And on the assumption that the ex had cheated from that little coffee thing, <laughs> which I don't quite understand still. And legally, it was OP's house beforehand. I don't see why anyone would have this argument with you. I mean, legally, the house is yours, and that's the only way I can see it. Sure, I absolutely feel sorry for the daughter who has a disability, and she's really going to be an innocent party in this situation, isn't she? And I wonder if OP could still continue some kind of relationship with stepdaughter if he chooses to, obviously. Obviously being the innocent party in this situation, I'm sure there was probably some love there beforehand. But obviously I don't know the ins and outs of this story. But I'm going to say I'm not the arsehole on this one. But that bro Josh, he says not the arsehole. It's your house. It belongs in your family. You did that for your ex-stepdaughter, which was already an amazing thing you did. But they're not part of your family anymore and you have no obligation to help. As heartless as people may find that statement, it's true. 
Anyone who calls you an a-hole is welcome to help pay to do up your ex's new house to make it more accessible for their daughter. Morally and legally, it's your house. Whovian Girl says, You guys were only married for a few years, not the arsehole. They have no reasonable expectation to keep the house when it's been in your family for generations, and you guys were together for a short time. I would suggest that maybe you could provide some money that could go directly to building ramps and such for a daughter in the place that they're in now. You don't have to outfit the whole place, but maybe help make some modifications. K213 says, wait, 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 wait. Where do you live that folks just get to cheat and keep previous property? Like what? I know some place has some mad advertising they're losing on if that is the case. Not the asshole, by the way. Even with disabilities in the situation, she cheated and it was yours before marriage. This really shouldn't be up for moral question, but I really know some terrible people who would love that outcome. An OP replies that saying, folks just don't get to keep others' property. A sob story in front of the judge can do wonders. On the marriage contract, you can add a lot of rules. Funny that the rule she added because of how she suffered previously was something she broke herself. And let's have one more from Liriel who says, not the asshole, she's not even your child. You don't owe her your family home. It's sad that your ex can't afford a decent place, but that's it. I'm gathering you don't like her that much if you didn't offer her money for making the girl's life easier in the new home. This is in no way required of you, but it would be very generous. Now, what would you do if you found yourself in this situation? Would you consider helping the daughter even though, you know, the whole family's been separated? Let me know your thoughts and we'll move on to the next story. And our next story comes from VetBill17. Am I the arsehole for not paying the vet bill for someone's dog I injured and probably can afford to pay? I know the title sounds bad, but please read the post. I-17 female was out this afternoon playing soccer with some of my friends. It's at a park and there's usually other people there, but today it was just us. About 20 minutes in, a lady comes and she has an old looking dog, grey face, walked like an old dog. My friends and I ignored them. At some point they were maybe 10 feet from the edge of the soccer field and I was passing to a friend, but significantly overshot it, left foot, and it ended up hitting the dog. Neither the owner nor the dog was paying attention and it hit the dog's back legs and swept them out from under her and it appeared she had some injury to her hip or hind leg. I immediately apologized and asked if she wanted help getting the dog into her car or if she wanted me to call an emergency vet so they would know she was coming. She said no but asked for my phone number so she could contact me about the vet bills. I was a little taken back and surprised and she said I should pay them because I kicked the ball. I refused because I'm not giving my number to a stranger and she shouldn't bring an old dog so close to a field where things are being kicked around. She got upset and huffed off and later my friend texts me, you probably should have given her your number, it was your fault. I probably can afford to pay them but I'm a senior in high school and have a part-time minimum wage job and I'm saving. Am I the asshole for refusing to pay the bills? And we're going to start off with a few alternative 9279 who says not the arsehole. As a dog owner who walks their dog on a multi-use track football field, this is how I see it. One, you didn't intentionally cause injury. Two, you didn't try and skirt any responsibility and try to give them help you could immediately. Three, the dog owner could have a certain amount of responsibility and liability. If I took my dog to a soccer field and it got hit, I would personally feel responsible having known and seen there were people, objects flying around, etc. Common sense. Four, I would have a hard time personally as an adult who has taken on the responsibility of a pet, food, vet time, etc. Thinking that a child, 
no offense, but to an old woman, this is how you'd be seen, could or should be taking on any of my own personal responsibilities. If I parked my car close to a soccer field and a windshield got knocked out and I retold the story to anyone, they would first ask me why I parked my car so close to a soccer field. And a dog is so much more valuable. It's a living thing. Bitchwit says, I'm kind of half and half on this. Like, yes, she was walking her dog in a public area and of course you didn't mean to hurt the dog. But the crucial part here is you did. You are not a bad person, but if you injure someone or break something, you should apologize and make right. Even if it wasn't intentional. Love All History starts off by saying editing because people can't see past that it's just a dog. We are all responsible for damage we cause, even if it's unintentional. The dog and owner were not inside the designated play area. They had as much right to be there as anyone else. So that we're all on the same page, the soccer field is inside the public park. The moment that ball left the soccer field, it was in public space. When it struck anyone, dog, human, car, window. Any resulting damage becomes the responsibility of the person that set the ball in motion. Read my response to another post below, putting it into context of homes built fronting golf courses. The owner doesn't pay for windows broken by people that swing and miss. The golfer does. OP, you're the arsehole. Finally, this is a sub for moral judgments, not legal ones. And if you're unlicensed to practice, this is especially ill-advised. Consider the legal experts on minors that are repeating nonsense. This isn't a contractual agreement, but negligent property damage. Alas, what the United States considers live being like dogs. Which means that either the OP, their parents, or the insurance company can be liable. If a minor with a license hits your car, you think they're off the hook. No, parents insure a pace. If they're uninsured, the parents do. What makes you think a different standard applies? Muck Jumpington says you're the arsehole if the park is open to dog walkers too. Not the arsehole if the dogs aren't supposed to be walked there. I say you're the arsehole based on you acting like it's their fault for not paying attention to you. Why weren't you paying attention to them? See how easily that flips. She wasn't on the field so she wasn't expecting a ball to be launched at her. Knowledge Historical 8 says not the arsehole. You weren't being irresponsible playing soccer on a soccer pitch and it sounded like she was a bit overly entitled. All pet owners understand that medical bills are part of pet ownership. And even when kids are technically responsible for paying for such things, very few adults actually expect children to pay for such things. Impressive 2 says you're the arsehole. If you kick the ball for a window, you wouldn't think twice. You kick the ball, you hurt the dog. And if you can probably afford to help, then it seems this is like the least you could do. The dog is an actual living being that is in pain that you caused. Now there's some mixed comments there. What's your thoughts on this one? I think it's one of those ones that could potentially go both ways. But let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to the next story. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And our next story comes from Nanny Overnights, titled, Am I the arsehole for vetoing every single nanny my ex and I interviewed, thus delaying him having more time with our son? Our son is almost three years old, and we started discussing what the future of our parenting agreement will look like. We agreed that once our son is in full-time education, he will stay with his dad during the holidays and me during term time as my ex doesn't live in the same country as us on a full-time basis and I don't think he will relocate here permanently unless it's unavoidable. Currently, my ex only has visitations. Because of this, we want to make sure he is very comfortable and that we don't just throw him into the deep end by suddenly having him be away from me in a foreign country. So I agreed to let my ex start to keep our son for overnights. One of the conditions we agreed to was that my ex hires a nanny because he works long hours and we both want our son to have a familiar face around him during the day to day and that we both have to agree on who is hired. We interviewed eight potential nannies in total and I didn't like any of them. My ex liked one. He got annoyed at me and said I couldn't say no to every single nanny and that I had to agree to give at least one a try. I genuinely didn't feel like any of them were a right fit, no matter how much my ex insisted they all came highly recommended. So I vetoed them all. Now he's mad at me and he is making snide remarks about how he should just hire me and he'll give me great benefits package. I understand why he's upset. Until we hire a nanny, he doesn't get more time with our son, but I don't think that's a good enough reason to just hire anyone. So, am I the asshole? Edits, the majority I dislike based on their interactions with our son. Of the eight, I only thought two seemed comfortable interacting with him slash actually made an effort to engage him while he was in the room instead of just trying to impress us. Even though one had a lot of experience, she couldn't give us many examples of activities she'd like to do and seemed to expect us to plan them, which would be fine if I was hiring her, but my ex isn't going to do it, so we need someone with more initiative. The other person is actually who my ex liked and well, she seemed very strict. I disagreed with her approach to discipline, but my ex was raised by a nanny exactly like her, so he thought she would be great. So the last paragraph before the edit where it said we interviewed eight potential nannies in total and I didn't like any of them, my ex liked one, which were all apparently highly recommended nannies. So you, you basically rejected the majority of them apart from your ex rejecting that one. And he liked he liked that one because it reminded him of his nanny when he was growing up because she was strict, but you didn't like that one. So it sounds like both of you have like in some ways, and I don't know, unrealistic expectations. I know your children are super important and who they go to is, you know, life-changing for them. So it is very, very important. And I kind of want to say, like, and everyone sucks here because you're both almost as bad as each other in picking a nanny. But again, I, I'm not playing down the importance of this decision either. And I think, I kind of think, and I'm just sort of guessing here because I've never had to been in this situation before, finding a perfect nanny that you both like, both has the values that you want and all this kind of thing. I don't think you're going to find a perfect one in that sense. So there's got to be some compromise somewhere along the line. And I know that sounds bizarre to say when, you know, you're basically handing your child over to this person for them to look after. But at the same time, eight does seem like a lot of nannies to me. I, I'm going to go with a no one's an arsehole here with a slight 
arsehole twist <laughs> that if you're going to get future nannies, don't waste these people time. Give them some expectations of what you're expecting, especially with the whole interaction thing that you was going at that. You expect them to have some activities planned for them. Let them know about this beforehand so you're not wasting their time. But yeah, I'm not sure if that was a verdict or not. <laughs> but let's go to some comments to see what they say. And we're going to start off with, I have said my piece who says you're the asshole. Eight nannies that come highly recommended. I'm guessing you're the problem, not them. Bowser's mum says, unless you immediately lined up another eight interviews, you're the asshole. You're being picky as a pretense for selfish delay. Primary criticism says you're the asshole. His custody time is a decision about childcare. No Piccolo says partial, you're the asshole. I understand if you genuinely didn't like any of the nannies, as you want to be comfortable with who you're leaving your child with. However, you may want to consider your expectations if you haven't liked any out of the eight nannies. It is especially unfair if this is affecting the time your child spends with their father. And just touching on that point and what I said as well is that from what I got from that post, and again, I could be wrong here, is that he only liked one of the nannies as well. So he was almost being equally as difficult in some ways. That's the way it felt to me anyway. But Burner7651 says, so is your only reason for vetoing eight potential nannies just that they didn't feel like they were the right fit? If there are more pressing concerns like safety, maybe your hesitance would make more sense. But I'm not getting that from this post. Your ex is also your child's parent. Your say shouldn't be the final say. He should just get as much of a decision on the matter. If either of you can agree on someone, move to the next candidate. But that doesn't mean to be difficult and veto everyone who doesn't fit right. Since you take such issues with his choices, have you brought any recommendations to the table to help push this along? Or is finding a nanny you approve of all on him? If so, you're the asshole. Pisces Princess says, not the arsehole. You've only disagreed on one nanny so far, but agreed the other seven weren't a good fit, which Fang and Bone replies that saying, right. It seems that most people who are voting you're the arsehole are glossing over the fact that the father also rejected all nannies but one. And picking the right nanny seems very important since their child will be spending most of their time with them when visiting their father. Don't understand how people think Opie would be the arsehole, to be honest. Not the arsehole. And Angel Too High says, This may be unpopular, but I say not the arsehole. Because your ex rejected seven, you rejected eight. You say all eight were highly recommended, but either your source isn't reliable or doesn't understand what you two are looking for. If two exes agree seven out of eight are bad fit, then they must actually be bad fits. And I understand if you don't approve of the level of discipline the one nanny he liked wants to use. That is an important factor. Maybe you and your ex are both super picky, but so far this isn't just a you problem if he dislikes seven out of them. So he can't look at you like you're out of line. He is too. If he liked half of them and you rejected them all, I'd feel different, but disliking one person he likes isn't unacceptable. Now, what do you guys make of this one? <laughs> Another potential one that could go swing all different ways, I guess, but let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to the next story. And our next story comes from NEAD7452 titled, Am I the arsehole for revoking my husband's access to my bank account? My husband and I have been married for three years. We have two separate bank accounts, but both of us know the info of each other's bank account. My husband is working a good job, gets a lot of money. I'm currently on pregnancy leave, but I also have a good job as an optometrist. I also have lots of savings on my bank account. Recently, I found out my husband got money out of my bank account, around 3K, to lend to his brother. His brother has a job but refuses to spend his own money and expects his mum and dad to provide for him while he spends money on games and stuff like that. 
Apparently, my brother-in-law owed some people 3K, and despite the fact he had that amount in his own bank account, he asked my husband for money. My husband not only gave him the money, but got my own savings from my own bank account without asking me first. When I found out, I confronted my husband. Then he went to his parents and brother and complained about me confronting him. My in-laws called me and said I'm an entitled asshole to make such a big deal over 3K since my parents are rich and that amount is insignificant to me. They said their son needs it to pay off some loans and I'm the asshole for making my husband feel bad for helping out his brother. I revoked my husband's access to my bank account and now he's saying I'm the asshole and taking it too far instead of trying to resolve this another way. Am I the asshole? Now, there's a lot of worrying stuff. The fact that, you know, this person already had 3K in their bank account that they could have used for themselves. Your husband ran off to his parents' house and brother and then they phoned you complaining and basically said to you, you know, your your family's rich. They could give you money anytime and that amount means nothing to you. And there was no discussion beforehand. He didn't come to you and say, look, I really need to help my brother out with some money. Is there anything we can do? He literally went behind your back and took it. And the reason you wasn't told about it because it was the wrong behavior. He knew what he was doing. And then whilst you're on pregnancy leave at the moment, he runs to his family and gets his whole family to turn on you. Very, very strange. Not the asshole to me. But Nyan says, your husband has shown two major marriage risking behaviors. One, he broke your trust by stealing from your personal account. He didn't ask you if you want to help the brother. He didn't use his own money and he didn't even tell you what he did on his own. He knew it was wrong and did it anyways. Two, he sicked his family on you rather than deal with the problem with you directly. Not the asshole. I think your marriage has hit a major crisis and this should not be swept under the rug. Cat got your tongue says not the asshole. Maternity leave is when you're at your most vulnerable. There is a reason most women who are having babies get asked by nurses if they have a safe home environment. Your husband just told you that A, he'll help himself to your income without your approval. B, he'll help himself to your income while you aren't earning your normal wages, i.e. eating into your safety net. C, he won't let you raise issues and will walk out on you and presumably your child, although it's not clear how long he was gone. If you take issue with his behavior, D, he will get his family to bully you when you disagree. So OP. Is this a safe and healthy marriage? Primary criticism says, so not the asshole, but a man who steals from me and then go cries to his parents when he got caught would not be a man I'd stay married to or raise a child with. Card prop says not the asshole, but damn, there are some red flags here. I'd evaluate if this is the people that I want my inner circle and be in my child's life. Magus X5 says, not the asshole. If it's so insignificant, why didn't they pay it? Why didn't your husband? If someone steals from you, they're stealing, no matter how much you can afford the loss. More to the point, it's also a breach of trust. You would feel justified if it was just $5 from your purse because it was taken dishonestly. And one more from All Out of F's who says not the asshole, and there is no other way to resolve it except that your husband owes you $3,000. Now, what do you guys make of this one? What would you do if your partner did this, went to the account and took some money out behind your back and used it for different ways? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below and we'll move on to the next story. And our next story comes from Not My Pregnancy Test, titled, Am I the Asshole for Refusing to Tell My Husband Who the Positive Pregnancy Test He Found Belonged To After I Told Him It Wasn't Mine and He Didn't Believe Me? My 18-year-old cousin, Aria, asked me to buy her a pregnancy test and let her take it at my house because her parents are very religious and have a zero-tolerance policy for premarital sex slash pregnancy. She made me promise not to tell anyone because if this got back to her parents, it could end badly for her. 
She took the test at my house and it was positive. Later that day, my husband saw the test in the bathroom. Aria said she had hidden it in the bin, but clearly she didn't hide it well enough because he saw it. He automatically assumed it was mine and asked me why I hadn't told him. He was telling me how excited he was and was getting very emotional. I told him it wasn't mine, so he asked me whose it was. Aria specifically told me not to tell anyone, including my husband, so I told him I couldn't tell him. He assumed I was lying and got very upset with me. He started asking me questions about if I didn't want to keep our baby. When I kept insisting it wasn't mine, he told me if I told him whose it was, he would believe me, but otherwise he would assume that I'm lying to him. And I didn't want the baby, but didn't trust him enough to admit that. That caused a lot of tension between us for a while. Recently, it came out that Aria was pregnant and my husband put two and two together. Now he's mad at me again for not trusting him with this information and letting him go through the emotional turmoil of thinking that I got rid of our baby. Am I the asshole? BX Bet says not the arsehole. First of all, you didn't let him go through the emotional turmoil of thinking you got rid of your baby. He did that shit all on his own. Your husband needs to understand that not everything is about him and that being married to you doesn't automatically come with the right to know literally every single one of your secrets, especially when it involves other people who trust you with private information. And Earth says not the arsehole. One, you were asked to keep her information confidential. Two, he didn't trust you. That's a huge issue. BB says not the arsehole. You're not an arsehole for not telling him. You made an important promise to someone else. However, could you have made that more clear to him or explained, I can't tell you yet because she's not ready for anyone to know, but I'll tell you as soon as I get the all clear. I think your husband is an arsehole for not trusting you though. Jumping straight to your lying and aborting our child is a major red flag in my book, as is trying to manipulate you into revealing information that frankly isn't his business. Nyan says everyone sucks here, mostly you in my opinion. Why on earth would you have not gotten rid of it beforehand? Or failing that, just say a friend asked to take a pregnancy test, but they aren't ready to tell anyone. I'll tell you as soon as I have permission. Kittlesley says not the arsehole, you were asked to keep a secret and you did. I agree that don't tell anyone doesn't mean don't tell anyone except your husband. That's how secrets wind up getting spread around. This quote in particular is a big red flag to me, letting him go through the emotional turmoil of thinking I got rid of our baby. Excuse me, but you didn't let him do anything. You were totally honest with him about the pregnancy test not being yours. Even without telling him your cousin's name, you were honest that the test wasn't yours. It was obviously someone else's test, someone who needed you to provide a safe space to take the test. He didn't have to assume that you were lying to him about having an abortion. He made that leap all on his own. Speech says you're the arsehole. While I think it's right that you didn't share her secret, it sounds like you did a poor job of handling this. The test never should have been left in your bathroom, so that's one. Did you sit down and have a conversation with him explaining everything except the name? Someone asked for help and they're not ready for this to be public. Or did you just keep saying it's not mine? Did you show any empathy for the emotional roller coaster he went through thinking he was going to be a father? Seems so cruel to set him up in excitement and then not be supportive as you take that away from him. Yes, he should trust you, but I think you're ignoring the emotional impact on him of thinking it was yours. Riverson says you're the asshole. There were several ways to handle this and you chose the one that left most up for misinterpretation. You could have told him in advance that someone was taking a test at your house. You could have specifically said, my friend, associate, mystery person doesn't want anyone to know, so he took it here and I have to respect their privacy. By saying it's not mine with no further explanation, you set the stage for him to fill in the gaps better, clearer communication would have avoided most of this. 
And we'll have one more from Primary Criticism who says, No one's an asshole here. You were keeping a secret and that's fine, but I get where he's coming from. If Arya had been living with you guys, it would have been obvious, but she doesn't and I can understand him having all these questions. What was he supposed to think? The pregnancy test was in your bathroom. Now, what are your thoughts on this one? Let me know in the comments below and your verdicts on all of today's stories if you choose to share them. It means the absolute world. If you do have a moment of your time, would you please consider hitting that like button? And if you love a Reddit story, that subscribe button as well. And if you would like to support the channel further, but never, ever any pressure to do so, <laughs> you can click that join button down below for YouTube or click the link tree in the description and join up on Patreon. It means the absolute world helps the channel out greatly. As I said, never any pressure to either. You just being here, spending your time with me is more than enough. And I will see you in the next one. Take care, guys. Much love. Y'all keep looking for that new way. I think I like it how it is. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.